Hey, folks, this is Kevin. Just a few words before we start. Well, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Risk is at the Linda Theater in Albany, New York, on Saturday, April 28th. And the very next day, the 29th, we will be doing a workshop, a storytelling workshop there for anyone who wants to come. Uh, if you want to know more about the live show, go to risk-show.com slash tour. If you want to know about the workshop, go to thestorystudio.org. Now, you probably know we have this fantastic deal with audible.com. And I was just looking back at uh, the huge variety of stuff I've gotten from them. Uh, the stories of John Cheever and Stephen King. Super entertaining stuff. A lot of shows by Mike Daisy. Stuff by Stephen Colbert. Jaws and The Exorcist. I read those books when I was about nine, so I wanted to see what they sounded like all these years later. They were fun. A lot of books about story structure and stuff like that. I just got this book opening up about how to have open relationships. Hypnosis, hypnosis tapes, Shakespeare. I mean, you can get, you know, the audio versions of the masterpieces of the theater. Uh, great college lectures. The deal is you can get a free audiobook. And a free two-week trial if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash risk. Audiblepodcast.com slash risk. Now here's the show. Kids, this is Extra Risk, where we give you just a little bit more of the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and this is Rally Moncrief behind me now. Uh, well, you probably already know that on regular episodes of Risk, we have four or five stories. Episodes of Extra Risk, it's usually just one longer one. And this one comes from the hilarious Sean Patton. This is another story from our Portland shows that we did a couple weeks ago. And the thing about Sean is, when I met him a few years ago, I had seen him performing and I was so blown away. I was a little afraid to make his acquaintance. And then found that he is just the most affectionate and just good-hearted person. I'm really looking forward to seeing his career take off. Look him up at IamSeanPatton.com. Here he is with a story we call 500. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Bridgetown? Huh? It's just so loud when you say it right into a microphone like that. <laughs> so, I would like to tell you, the first time 
I was ever paid money to perform comedy was in 2005, May of 2005, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which I'm from Louisiana. Is anyone here from Louisiana? You never know. No? Okay. See, <laughs> you never know. Some of us got out. And Baton Rouge is the capital of Louisiana. It's a beautiful city. It's got the, 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 the oak trees with the big bendy branches and the moss hanging off the oak trees. And there's lots of old bayous running through it and old men with fishing. A hot, good day, sir. You know, like, even if there's no one there, good day, sir. And like, he's still, you know, he sees them. Does it matter if we don't? You know, it's... A lot of friendly old southern Cajun people. But in Baton Rouge is also Louisiana State University, which is full of piece of shit, white, racist college students who just want to get fucked up and fucking pussy, man. Get fucked up and party, man. And there's a comedy club. Wait, I mean, this is an aside. LSU has the largest population of students graduating with general studies degrees. You know what a general studies degree is? I mean, I don't have a college degree, but at least I don't have a fucking general studies degree. I feel like not having a degree is better than a fucking college degree that says I went to college. That's all a general studies degree is. Yeah, I studied some shit. There it is. Just general stuff. There's a comedy club there in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, a funny bone which is a chain comedy club. I mean, just like chain restaurants, when you go, you leave, and you're like, huh. <laughs> ah, I'm full now. There are some good comedians that perform there. Just like there are some good dishes at Chili's. <laughs> there are. There are some great fucking food at Chili's, but you don't really notice it because it's surrounded by shit. Um... So, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, the funny bone, I'm, I'm paid to host slash feature. I'm, I'm doing 15 minutes and I bring up the headliner. And the headliner, um, uh, he was a real piece of shit. I'm not going to say his name, uh, but his name is John Wesley Austin. And <laughs> he was a real dick to me. And his whole act was, he was not from the South. He was from, like, Dakota, or one of them. Is it North, South? Yeah, he's from... He was from not the South, but his act was he got on stage, had a cowboy hat on, and he got had a sudden accent, and he had himself a guitar, and he would play a Garth Brooks song, but he would change the lyrics, make them sexual. Right? Right? And that was it. <laughs> That's it. It's the worst fucking shit in the world. <laughs> But to, to, but to the, the population of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, mainly young sons of lawyers and shit, who are all eight brain cells. I mean, they loved it. They were like, oh my God, I've seen the Messiah. And he plays a guitar. He don't walk across water. He sings Garth Brooks songs and puts the word dick in there. Like that, they loved him. And they hated me. And it was, it was fucked, too, because he was such an asshole to me. He would just come on stage after me and be like, well, that pe- how about that piece of shit, huh? They don't, I don't hire my own opers. That guy's dumb as shit. Anyway, I didn't know she was a transvestite. And I didn't know it had a dick. Like, that was, you know. He would shit on me and then immediately shit on art. <laughs> you know? 
The dude actually said to me, nobody ever got anywhere being original. <laughs> anyway, so they hated me. After, uh, after the shows, there was four of them, two nights, two each. The guy who got me the gig was just like, man, it's going to be awesome. You're going to get paid $100. <laughs> and I was like, yes! You know, when you're a broke comedian, you're like, yes! Which, by the way, if you caught me a couple nights ago, I started drinking heavily. I gave $54 away in increments to younger comics here at this festival. Because I was that, because I've been, I was like, what have you been doing comedy, two years? Oh, man, I hate being broke. Here's 15 bucks, man. Get yourself a drink and a sandwich. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I gave away $54. Did not spend it, gave it away. I don't have money, but I, anywho. When, when, my, when the guy who booked me for the show was like, it's going to be 100 bucks. I was like, fuck yeah, you know? $100? So I got there. I mean, they gave me the 100 bucks. At, and at the, that's the thing. Before the weekend started, the, guy, the, the owner was like, yeah, drinks, you know, your drinks are on the house. But after each set, he would, make, he would just give me a drink and then charge me for it. It was kind of his way of saying, like, I fucking hate you. The, the, I'm sitting there after the shows by myself, pounding a beer, just trying to wash the memory of the past 48 hours of my life away. And this woman, older woman, comes up to me. She's very, very attractive, but definitely a little older. Comes up and she's like, hi, hey, I thought you were funny, funny. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thank you. And then she kind of gave me like a, hmm, look, and then walked away. And came back eight minutes, maybe nine tops, completely shit-faced. <laughs> I do not know what happened. Just, she comes back. I'm still on the same beer. <laughs> hey, mister. Mr. Buster, Mr. Buster Brown. I said to you that I thought you were funny, funny. And I was like, oh, yeah, thank, yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you, again. It's like, mm, you didn't tell me I was beautiful. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, forgive me. You're beautiful, beautiful. I said it twice like she did, you know? Bam! Now, cut forward to us in the parking lot walking out to her car. She's like, let's go get high. It's like, yeah, fucking right. Where's your car? I don't have a car. I got dropped off here. We got to take your car. Now, immediately my brain's like, no, uh-uh, no. So what I said was, okay, let's do it. Hop on in. <laughs> now, Baton Rouge is a very wealthy southern neighborhood. We get to her uh, neighborhood, and it's like a gated subdivision. You have to punch a code into a, like a little panel to make the gate open. And we get there, and she's like, 4916. I'm like, 4916. <clears throat> I was like, uh, hmm? She's like, oh, I mean seven. I mean seven. It's like, sorry, 4917. <clears throat> no, 4716. Oh, sorry. 4716. <clears throat> like, no, 4976. It's like, oh, 4976. <clears throat> no, no. 49710. Like, <laughs> All right, four nine seven one zero. <laughs> can't even get the other. Can't even get that zero out. You know, and this is going on. Finally, a security guard comes from like a booth, shines his light, 
of the car. She does this. She opens her car door, gets out, and this is what she says verbatim. Gas fucking black up. Gets right back in the car. <laughs> and I'll repeat that in case uh, you don't speak shit-faced. It's right back, boom, right back in the car. That security guard, though, he apparently spoke shit-faced because he was like, oh, hey, nice to see you again. Went right back to his booth. Open the door. We open the gate. We drive in. Now, we get to her house, and it was fucking, it was a mansion. It was a mansion in every essence of the word. Mansion, huge. Just big, sprawling lawn, this huge winding driveway. And I'm like, yes. And I drive up this winding driveway, and it's like, fuck, this is amazing. You know, what a house. I want to live in a place like this one day. And we get there and I park. And we go into our house. Now on the outside, I, beautiful. On the outside, it was a beautiful mansion. On the inside, it looked like the set of any movie where they had just filmed the scene where the like, high school swim team throws a party to, to save their coach from going into debt. Is that a theme? That's a... Or it looked like earlier some of those LSU college kids I mentioned had gotten there like, fucking trash the place, because it was fucking trashed. I mean, first of all, the refrigerator was not in the kitchen. It was in the foyer, laying on its side, plugged in and on, open and just full of empty bottles and cans. And I was like, do they, they, don't, do they understand how recycling works? It's not not how it works. You don't have to keep the shit cold for it to work. In the other corner, there was like, I don't even know how many, three or four dozen bottles empty, though, of black cherry cola just piled in the corner. Black cherry, black cherry soda is what I meant to say. I'm sorry. Shit's disgusting. Who drinks that shit? Somebody apparently drank 36 bottles of it. It's just there. There's a mess. But the, the one thing there is that's still pristine is a full bar. Just chilling, full bar, stocked. She's like, you want me to make you a drink? Jokingly, I said, yes. I would like a Grey Goose and Jameson, please. And she fucking made it. Didn't even hesitate. Didn't even think about it. I was like, okay, Grey Goose and Jameson. <laughs> Bam, hands it to me. I'm like, oh, thank you. This is the most expensive thing I've ever held. <laughs> thank you. We go into the living room. I write the couch, for it had been wronged. I write it. <laughs> she disappears for a second, comes back into the room with a VCR. This is 2005. A VCR. She's like, hey, you want to watch? You wanna, I'm an actress. I want to show you something. I was like, fuck, really? Like, can you plug the, can you cook the thing up? I'm going to go get, we're going to get high here. And she hands me the VCR. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, here, plug it in, the front of the TV. Like the three, you know, it's got the three little colored things there. Plug it in, because it's 2005. Anyway, I do it. I start watching the video by myself. And it's like, it's her younger in a, in a play years, like 20 years earlier, possibly, acting. I'm like, this is fucking really? This is really what's happening? Right, okay, fine. And she comes back in with the, the high supplies, She's like, let's, let's get high. She sits down. Oh, watch, watch. This is great. And she's talking about acting and shit. And she lights the pipe. And I get a whiff of it. And I'm like, oh, 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 that's crack. That's not weed because I've smoked that a lot. That's not opium because I've smoked that a lot too. That's crack. 
crack cocaine? And she would hand, she handed it to me. I took the pipe, held my breath, held the pipe kind of near my face, and then passed it back to her and exhaled. I did that like four or five times. She just passed it to me. I go, oh! Because I'm afraid of her at this point. I have not, no fucking clue what's going on. I'm not going to piss off a crackhead. She, might, she can make a weapon out of a toothbrush. She probably has a shank on her right now, aimed at me. <gasps> now, it's, this is weird enough, but then the, friggin', the thing we're watching, the, the, the tape finally goes, <laughs> the, film, you know, the screen goes fuzzy, it comes back up, it's her face, way younger, way younger, it's a close-up on her face, it backs away to reveal her laying on her back, she's topless, her tits are just chilling on screen. And I'm like, oh, look, your breasts are on the screen. You don't care, clearly, because you're smoking crack. You're a crackhead. <laughs> Pans back further to reveal her. She's fully nude, laying spread eagle on a patio. Uh, she has a Roman candle. It's a firework. You know what that is. She has that Roman candle situated in her vagina, in her, in her birth canal. Don't worry. The business ends facing outward. This isn't some crazy snuff story. <laughs> I'm not just going to lead you guys into the darkness here. I'm not going to come out in the darkness. You can trust me, man. I'll show you the darkness, but I'm a, there's also a ledge. I won't let you fall. <laughs> She's got the thing in her vagina, the business end facing outward. The guy holding the camera lights the candle, the Roman candle. It starts blasting the Roman candle blast. The camera pans up to reveal about a dozen or so people, all dressed like Casper the Friendly Ghost, dodging the Roman candle blast as they come. All making that sound, too, in unison. It's a very pedestrian response for some of you. When was the last time you saw that? Saw a dozen people dressed like a ghost from your childhood dodging Roman candle blasts from a Roman candle that is situated in a woman's vagina and you are watching video footage of this with that woman whilst she smokes crack and you sip on a Grey Goose and Jameson. <laughs> Oh, wait, never mind. This is Portland. You probably have festivals. That, that's the theme. Oh, yeah, man, we do that every October. Only we let dogs in, too. We got dogs. We let the dogs come, too, man. It's a good time. <laughs> Vegan brownies everywhere, and then poof. There's, oh, shit. She's got, a, she's got a, one of them bottle rockets in her butthole. <laughs> so I decide this is where I, hey, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I set my drink down. I get she's she's hot. If she cracked hot, she's fucking hot. She does not. I, I leave, and as I'm leaving, as I get to the front door, I notice the headlight. Head, there's headlights suddenly. I'm like, headlights? Why would anybody be coming here at this hour? And then front door just opens, and it was almost like a casting agency sent over a husband. <laughs> you know. I was like, make sure his necktie's loose because he's been working all day to pay for the house that this boy's in. Make sure he's got his jacket. He's got it flinging over his shoulder like this so his wedding ring catches some light and blinds our, our lead. 
Because it was, it was like, oh my God, it was her fucking husband. Now, he's coming in at two in the morning. I didn't mention that. Where's he been all day? Definitely not at the office, but I didn't, I didn't have the authority to ask this man where he had been. So I'm just like, oh my God. Because the look on my face was like, ah! like I was scared. The look on his face was like, ah! again. Like I was not the first person he'd walk in on with his wife. Now here's the thing. There's, a, there's just a moment between us where we're just kind of standing looking at each other when out of nowhere, out of nowhere, she appears and punches me three times in my face, lightning fast, out of nowhere. I'm just like, uh, rock, rock, rock. what the fuck? Which is why whenever like I'm goofing off and my friends are like, what are you, smoking crack? I'm like, why? Did I just punch you in the face three times? Lightning fast? That's what they do. I've experienced that. It's crackheads. He restrains her. He's like, Cheryl! That was her name. I didn't catch it the first time. Cheryl! Like, oh, good. I'll remember that. I fucking take off. He's like, you wait right there. I'm like, you go fuck yourself. I'm out of here. Now, here's the real thing I want to drive home. This is the real point here. If younger comedians here, if you ever find yourself in a situation where you're driving back to a woman and she's got a mansion and you're driving into the mansion, just remember this. Just remember, if nothing else, remember this. Park in the street. Park in the street. Otherwise, you're going to see your gray Saturn blocked in by a Range Rover, okay? So I say, fuck it, get into my car, pull into the lawn. I'm like, I will not wait. And I'm pulling, remembering his when I was driving through. I was like, wow, this is beautiful. I want to live here one day. Driving out, I'm just like, I got to get the fuck away from this place. <laughs> but I see him. He's fast. He runs, jumps into his Range Rover. He's pulling out. He basically pulls out on the street. He's got me blocked in. I can't get around him and he's got me blocked in. There's a ravine on the other side. I can't go over it. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm fucked. He gets out of his car. Within seconds, he's got me by my shirt. I'm like, well, I'm going to take an ass whooping. Fuck it. He's 50. It won't hurt that bad. But he gets me up against the car, and this is what he does. He goes, hey, what's your name? Jokingly, I go, Clint Eastwood. With all serious, he goes, no, it's not. The most literal family in the world. It's not. Tell me your name. I'm like, I'm not telling you my name. He goes, I don't know. I hear that sound in my sleep sometimes. Tell me your goddamn name. It's like, go fuck yourself, man. You're not getting my. It's almost like he was signaling to the other lizard people for assistance and SOS. Range Rovers and Mercedes start pulling out. <laughs> Other rich white guys. What happened? <laughs> like, tell me. Tell me your goddamn name. Then he pulls a checkbook out of his pocket. Just tell me your goddamn name. I tell him my name. <laughs> Take this. You get the fuck out of here. And you tell no one about this. You keep your fucking mouth shut. <laughs> then he gets back in his Range Rover. Drives back to the house, and this is the best part. He gets out, walks up, right as he gets to the front door, stops, looks at me, because I'm still standing there kind of shell-shocked by the whole situation. He stands there, looks at me, and just does this. As if I forgot what I was supposed to be doing. Like, oh, yeah, I got to leave, sorry. Now, I left. I made $100 at that comedy club 
pouring my soul out to fucking asshole pieces of shit. But I made $500 to never tell that story. <laughs> Thank you guys very much. Good night. for now folks this is the song girl by the view and don't forget we teach this storytelling stuff you can you can learn it right from me one-on-one over skype online our school the story studio was just written up in the new york times and if you're here in new york we have two-day workshops we have nine-week workshops Some of the workshops focus on storytelling for business purposes. We have a workshop specifically for honing your chops as an actor, and another for honing your chops as a writer. So check it out and tell your friends that we are at thestorystudio.org. You can follow Risk at Risk Show on Twitter and Facebook. You can comment on us on iTunes. And you can find anything you want to know about the show at risk-show.com. Please either donate to us there or purchase one of our all-star episodes in our shop. We're still a very new business, and we need your participation and your support. Tune in next week for part two of my long-form story, Beyond Kink Camp. I have been terrified of this story and (laughs) I have been putting it off like the plague but what must be done must be done and the story will be told because I must obey my own tagline folks today's the day take a risk don't let the girl come in she'll put you in a spin take everything Just don't let her in